Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. With your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick with you this morning. A lot going on. Lead story of the day in around the world is probably the fact that the Pfizer has has started rolling out their vaccine. We have a confirmed um, uh, case of, of somebody getting the vaccine outside the trial. That's big news for the world. But for us this morning, our biggest news is this Tesla offering. Uh, they There was an SEC filing last night that they have filed for uh, an up to $5 billion offering. So we're going to talk about that and the reaction to that in the stock and the overall market. Uh, some other headlines on our radar earnings, of course, Stitch Fix, Toll Brothers. Uh, last night, we had uh, uh, some other offerings, actually. Uh, Grogen had an offering. Raytheon announced a buyback. And I'm watching Disney because their investor day is in two days. Our guest today is Michelle Krebs. She is executive analyst at Cox Automotive. She would join us at 8 to 35 to give us a high-level view of what's happening in the auto industry and what's going to happen going forward, at least in 2021. I want to remind you all to hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and I'm going to throw it to Joel now, and Joel's going to tell us how we're doing in the overnight trading session. Joel. Red, Spencer. We are red, and I'm not going to say I'm going to reboot my computer because Dennis will get mad at me for saying that all the time, but we are in the red by 17 handles at 7375 uh, kind of a, a weird close. We rallied up, but uh, they didn't like it at the open. Let me bring up the chart here to illustrate what I'm talking about. And uh, we were hanging in there until 4 a.m. And then, boom, we got that Tesla offering news. We went down and we just kissed Friday's low. Friday's low was 65 and a half. Thursday's close right there. Now bouncing up a little bit. Uh, crude getting away from $46. It's down 31 cents at 45.45. Gold in the green by 360 at 1869.60. Silver going in the opposite direction. That's down 3.9 cents at 24.755. And should we talk about a potential top here in Bitcoin? Down $305 at 18000 865 that 20,000 that key $20,000 level Dennis are they shaking you out are you just gonna scalp out of this Bitcoin like you do all your other long-term investments no I have now no idea how to trade Bitcoin I'm not a Bitcoin trader I stuck peace in the long-term account and I'm trying not to look at it so please don't remind me that I own it or I might (laughs) shake out of it (laughs) let's forget that I own it let's just forget that I own a piece of Bitcoin yeah. All right. So we, we did you get up at 4 a.m. today? No, but I looked at my phone and I saw Tesla trading. At, uh, I saw trading this morning around 665 and I was like, oh, it's going to be another one of those days. And then I got back up and I was like, oh, Tesla's getting rocked. What's happened here in the last two hours since I've been sleeping? Spencer Israel knows. Right. It's funny because there, there was actually two headlines. The first headline was that they had achieved record auto sales in, in, in China uh, in November. That was overnight. And then this morning was was the, the one that actually matters here. A $5 billion equity sale. Um, no more details other than that. It's being led by Goldman Sachs, but the, we don't know anything about the price or, or, or when, but $5 billion, uh, essentially a secondary offering. They're raising money when they can, not when they need to. And that is what's happening with Tesla. There you go. I mean, this is what we're seeing on a lot of the high flyers right now. Companies that are growing, they need to raise money. They are doing it in smart ways. Tesla wasn't the only one last night. We also saw Grow Generation, GRWG with a secondary offering. 
Signet was another one, although I'm not sure the Signet offering was um, not to grow or to survive, maybe. Um, there was SGMS was another one. We're getting these offerings on a regular basis. That one night, like I said, we had over a dozen um, and a few major companies here, none bigger than Tesla. So obviously dilutions, slightly dilutive, not to an extreme level here, but that knocks the wind out of its sails for now. I think it gets bought. I think we see what the offering price is. I believe that will act like a floor. Obviously, you know, I called the breakout on this one for the last couple of days. It took a couple of days, finally did go. Um, I, I think if I was shorted, I would be buying the pullback. I still think we're going to march up into the S&P ad on the 21st. Uh, we hit 669. Uh, we are trading up, and then you see that big. So you already got a dip here. It's down 10 bucks, and you got a big dip here to buy. Yeah. And then you got, you <laughs> I got don't know if I'm buying it, but. 614.79. I don't know. I don't know. 600. I think, you know, you had all those high. I think maybe 600 to 610 is where they're going to have to. This is just purely conjecture and speculation, but I think they're going to have to do it, uh, you know, a little bit lower than this to get the deal done. Absolutely have no, this is just conjecture and speculation. Uh, I, I uh, think they'll get the deal done easily. At um, where? At 630, 640? I, I think they'll get it done above 600. I don't think they'll have okay. to go to 600 well, for I it. Um, you never know though. And when Joel's making a good point, wait until you get the pricing, like get the pricing, because if they pull a rug out from under, you buy it at 631 this morning saying, this is my dip to buy. And then all of a sudden, you know, the offering comes out at 600. Hey, well, actually, they're going to hammer it. I want to amend my statement. We actually, uh, GWS reads pro better than I do. Apparently, uh, it actually says it right there in the pro that I just skipped over. Uh, the shares will be sold in at the market offerings, which suggests investors who buy shares at different times will likely pay different prices depending Ooh. on the prevailing price. Okay, well, right there in the pro. Ball at us. In any regard, <laughs> we still have the catalyst, the catalyst of the year for S and P ads. And that's why you can't, I can't see, you know, starting a short position here. I think it's going to top out on S&P, obviously on the ad, or maybe the day after the ad, or maybe the day before the ad. But that's when the top's going to be, I believe. I don't think we have seen the top yet. So if I was shorted, I would be covering it into the pullback here. I don't have the guts to be long, and I wish I did. Have you ever traded an offering like that? They're all... Yeah, it, well, it's the, the edge. The, the offerings that I trade are the ones where I got a numerical advantage, where yeah. I got a number. Yeah. So when yeah. I see a number, then, you know, obviously that makes everything a lot simpler because those numbers, you know, the best example might be fuel cell from last week. We talked about the number, it kissed the number. $6.50 was the pricing. It got to six fifty two and bounced right off it. Those are the trades, the easy setups, not the curveballs. So when this you're trying to speculate ball. on, you know, where it's getting done, it always makes it a little bit trickier. So, um, you know, and then, you know, it, there's all kinds of different ways to do this stuff. But I, I like it when I got a flat out number, I see the number, and then I use that as a floor for support, at, at least on a stock that's growing. On a stock that's, you know, raising capital to survive, sometimes those floors don't hold. But the stocks that are do, raising capital to grow the company, usually those floors hold, at least more often than 50%. So I have an edge there. If I don't have a number, I don't have an edge, and then I just forget about it then. Good point here by uh, JC, uh, given that there's a lot of managers who need to buy the stock for index reasons, right? So this is not well, that's the whole point. That's yeah. the S and P ad. That's what we've been talking about is all all the money that needs to buy the stock for the S and P. So ad. this will help them out a little bit. With the to bring it down? Yeah. Well, maybe, but maybe it's gonna rip right back in their face too. I mean, one thing to remember with indexers is you know, you can have people who are trading ahead of it, but the index itself, Tesla isn't in the index yet. So if you're, you know, running an ETF that's buying or following the S&P and you're putting Tesla in there now, well, you're not mimicking the index for the next 10 days then. So you're supposed to be trying to mimic the index as close as possible. That's why all the buying happens at the last minute. So, I mean, you've got to follow, you know, what your prospectus says. And if you're holding S&P, companies that are outside the S&P and your S&P fund. That's why we say the Friday before, right? As yeah. possible. So it's going to be at, it's going to be in the index on, as of Monday, the 21st, which means the Friday before yeah. is going to be the day. 
it's going to, that's where the buying pressure is going to happen. The buying is, so. It's just another, I mean, I thought they were just re, uh, reaping in the cash, but as Spencer said, buy, you know, one of the greatest of investment advice you can give is borrow when you can, not when you need to. So, oh, um, I we fully knew there was going to be another offering with Tesla, but let's put this in perspective. How many shares are we talking about here? Not not that many. Right? Uh, this is not majorly dilutive. Five billion dollars worth of shares. How many? How many? Five billion dollars. Yeah, five billion dollars worth of shares on a company Two. that's got a market cap of what six hundred billion. Yeah, we're talking about less than one percent dilution here. If, I, if I'm doing that quick air math correctly, it's. I think it's moved. I wonder if this is going to get near Google. What's the market cap on Google? It, I, I, it can be the most valuable company in the world. It's just all nonsense. So why can't it? I mean, at this point in time, it doesn't even matter. You cannot analyze it fundamentally. It's all nonsense. It's just all. It's all just the momentum. I mean, we're in a momentum market where stocks. A lot of stocks aren't basing anything on fundamentals right now. Tesla's the poster child for this. So if you're sitting here and crunching numbers and trying to come up with a target for Tesla, I mean, I, I don't think you need to. I think it's just all about technicals and all about momentum right now because it's completely disconnected from the fundamental picture. It's got a market cap higher than every other auto company combined. So did you see that tweet? Yeah, last I night? did. I saw your tweet. Yeah. I saw one of your, your more relevant <laughs> and, and it's making you know way less cars. I mean, yes, okay, maybe, it's, maybe we're all just going to drive Teslas in the future. I don't believe that. But that's why I don't have the long-term position on in this. But at the same time, I've been trading it from the long side because you know why? It's getting out of the S&P. That's why I was bullshit two days ago. Just because it doesn't make any sense fundamentally doesn't mean it can't go higher. It can go higher for – it's completely disconnected from fundamentals. So if you're using fundamental analysis to come up with a price for Tesla, I think you're doing it wrong. I think you just got to look at what you know is happening is that it's got to get out of the S&P. These are technical reasons, you know, like like – on the S&P ad, not talking charts, is, you know, this needs to get added. So there's going to be buyers, and that's what people are anticipating. That's what the anticipatory traders right now are doing by buying at 450 and 500 and 550 and 600. They're like, the indexer's <laughs> got to buy. We're going to get ahead of them. Now, the question is, does it eventually get so crowded that everybody, there's just too many short-term traders that have anticipated this, and can they actually outnumber the indexers? It's going to take a lot of anticipatory traders to actually outnumber the indexers that need to buy. But there is the potential that that could happen, and then the you trade know, could turn. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm go- I, I want to read you a quote here that I saw this morning. Uh, this is from Joe McCone. He is the head of execution services at Citadel Securities. You may have heard of them, Dennis. Ah, this is what he, bet. he said. Um, Individual investors now account for roughly 20% of stock market activity on average, and on peak days, they account for nearly one quarter of trades. And he would know. If anyone would know, he would know. It's yeah. Well, we're driven. I mean, in the SPAC market, it's going to be way higher than that because you know what? You got stocks like Procter and Gamble that are all institutionally owned, and the traders, Robinhood, aren't trading those stocks. So that brings it back down. There's probably if he was analyzing individual stocks, and you look at some of these SPACs, it's probably well over fifty percent individual traders and retail traders. Some mm-hmm. of these stocks are completely retail driven. It might be well higher than north of fifty percent on some stocks. Retail used to run years ago like 10, 11%. So now that's run 25 means there's twice as much impact from retail traders than there used to be. But on certain stocks, it's much higher than 25%. I'm going to tell you that right now. On certain stocks, uh, it's running, you know, like at a really high rate where it's getting driven. I mean, when you see some of these stocks that, you know, Kramer features, and there was another one last night, and this is a funny story. Um, APG, he featured last night. So he comes on and he says that, um, this API group is going to be, you know, he's going to be coming up and talking with the CEO of API group. He says this last night uh, on the advertisement at like 550. And what happens is API, Agora ADR, rallies. Look at the stock chart of API, Joel. It rallies over a buck in the next few minutes because everybody's like, oh, API is going to be on. API is, no, no, API is not going to be on. API group is going to be on and the ticker for symbol for API group is APG. So they literally, and there was some volume going, they were buying this API and they bought it up over $40 and 50 cents. It was up over a buck on anticipating that the segment was coming up on mad money. And then everybody realizes, you know, when he actually says after six o'clock, it's APG group and he, API group and he puts the APG ticker. They're like, oh, I bought the wrong <laughs> stock. And then they start set off. I tweeted it out or as soon as it was happening. I was like, Everybody was buying API. That's the wrong stock. Wrong <laughs> stock. And they bought it up to 4060 and then it came right back down. So 
um apg was the stock that was on last night and this thing just got stupid too i mean it's come back down but look where this got i mean this is a construction company and a, isn't it a construction company i think i think it do construction anyways it goes from 1672 close it goes to 20 bucks on the segment and then you know obviously it was a huge overpay whoever the hell's buying it up at 20 and it came down 1918 and now it's 1775 but i mean it just shows you know how much you know, retail and obviously after hours is thin, so it's mostly retail driven after hours. But I mean, you got to be really careful. Just letting—I want to let you guys know out there, the listeners out there, that if you're just randomly paying up twenty percent for a Kramer pitch, the odds are you're probably going to lose money. I mean, they're not all going to go up thirty percent and thirty-five percent. So chasing on these illiquid markets after hours—it's one thing to buy it up a couple of percent. It's a way another thing. To buy it up 20%, or in the case of APG, I don't even know, it's up $20, $3. Yeah, it's up 20% at that point in time. I mean, this is this, to put that in perspective, in that 10 minutes that the segment was going on when it ran to 20, that's the as big of a move as this had over the last th- three months. And it's having it in, in 30 seconds because it's on Kramer. You gotta, that's where charts can help you too. Give you some perspective on what a stock can do and what it should be doing. You're paying up 30%, you know, because it's just being pitched on Kramer and the stocks moved that in the last three months, you're probably paying too much. So the person who bought a 20, obviously is down significantly and probably not getting their money back anytime soon. A couple things to just note on that. First of all, if you were, you know, being aggressive in uh, API, this got, you know, on the sell side, Agora, it got to 4050. And this is a relatively new stock here. And you had a, if you're, so inclined to look at your daily charts you had a pair of highs right in that area as well so technical analysis if you were a seller you would have had to step out the highs were 4062 and 4069 and then the final thing that i'll add on that is you know look at your average daily ranges on these things of course you're going to get outliers where things you know move you know three five you know much more than expected but a lot of times it's, you know, that if you're buying a stock that has an average daily range of, of, of two and a half points and you're buying it up five points. Well, yeah, that could be a, an, you know, an anomaly it could be a, you know, expanded range day, but you don't have all that time to think of those things, especially when you, you're buying the wrong symbol, but that's something I like to keep an eye on for targets. Make sure you're buying the right symbol. If you're, <laughs> yeah. if you're playing and Oh, it's going to be on, it's going to go up. Cause it's going to be on Kramer. Sure as hell. Make sure you got the right symbol. I mean, that's just showing the nonsense of the market that people, they hear API and they start buying API. It was like the Zoom, the Zoom thing, Spencer. I mean, this is, happens all the time where they had to delist the one Zoom company yeah. because oh, they oh, kept oh, buying it. Everybody thought it was Zoom, the, the, like the company ZM. And it was Z-O-O-M, had the better right. ticker symbol, obviously. And that actually delisted because everybody just kept buying this thing up on Zoom News. And it was the wrong bloody stock. The silliness, man. Let's let's talk about the stock that um, Spencer talked me out of buying before earnings. <laughs> I don't know if I talked you out of it. You talked me oh, out Stitch of it. Fix? Yeah, oh he gosh. talked me out of it. In the no. Yeah, he did. Why don't you like Stitch Fix, Spencer? Yeah, Spencer, why'd you... Okay. Oh, man. I always, was this a Lisa pick? All I said because if she finds out, if she wanted to buy Stitch Fix and she finds out you didn't buy it, if she finds out it went up thirty-seven percent today. Joel, you're going to be sleeping in the doghouse tonight. All I was said, Lisa was, pick. All I said was their last quarter was really bad, and I don't know how many people have the budget for new clothes right now. That's all. That's all I said. Apparently, uh, everybody. Apparently, everybody. Yeah, it was a great quarter. There, well, yeah. Each was nine cents per share versus an estimate of a twenty cent loss, so they're expected to lose money and they made money. Sales four hundred ninety million versus four hundred eighty one million dollars. Uh, they said that active clients was up ten percent year over year. They're at nearly four million there, and they post an executive of their new CFO is from, from Amazon. Yep. Yep. Uh, no, I said what I originally said was, well, if you're buying new clothes and you don't want to go to the store, maybe you're going to do it on Stitch Fix is what I was yeah, my I just my right. simple thinking. Well, you were right. I know. <laughs> and that thing always simple moves. works, man. Simple uh, thinking yeah, works right now. Up 10 bucks, down 10 bucks. You know, it always moves like that. So I don't know. New all time. Oh, no, not a new all time high in this thing. 
I uh, wow, right back up here. This is a huge move. 52.44. You got a little seller at 50. I, I mean, who knows where this thing's gonna stop? I have to look with some of these other stocks. Uh all time high uh is 52.44, pair of highs in 50-50 area, but I don't who knows if it's gonna stop there. But this is what wow, I wonder what the I don't have my uh, other platform open, but the um Boy, I bet you some straddle riders are getting smoked. I would not so. think it had a 13-point move priced in there. No, so we can no, quickly no, no, just no. go try to grab it here. Take me a second opening it up. Okay. And obviously right. the options, again, we always tell you they're not open this early in the morning. So we're looking at where they closed. Um, if you were looking at the December 11th, which is this week, uh, it was going, man, they, they people pay though. Like if Six, you're looking, seven bucks maybe? Yeah, it was about five fifty. It's yeah. about 550. So, I mean, they're making some goody, pretty good money here. But, and again, you know, people are mainly just buying the calls. And people never, <laughs> you know, this market is so biased to going higher. So, you can look, there's a lot more calls and puts going on. So, I mean, if you're only buying the one side, you're paying three bucks for the calls on the 36. Wow. So, you're making some pretty good coin. So, I, I tell you, if I did way, buy it, I'd be, I'd be making 10 bucks. I would pray that this thing would open up here. And I wouldn't even care what the opening print, I would, I would just have like a, very marketable limit order in there uh, in order to trade it off the open. Because especially if you're trading the weeklies, I mean, you, you could sell this thing at the open and get a price better than if it rallied, you know, another buck just because they're just going to yeah. grind the time value on Remember, this. though, and remember that you can always sell the stock short against yes. your call. And yes. so many people... 90% of people who buy options, maybe a lot of them don't have the money to do it. But I mean, if you got the money to do it, lock it in. So just hype if we want me to set it up. So you have the 36 calls, you know, you're like, please open up here because I want to sell my calls. Why not just sell the stock short? So if you got, you know, five calls, sell 500 shares short after hours at they're $49.20 right now on the bid. And you've locked it in because your, your, your calls will exercise on December the 11th. And obviously you've got the, you know, the stock short. So that calls when the exercise will just net out your position. You'll be at a zero on Monday. So, I mean, if you want to lock it in, you can always lock it in by selling the stock short against your open calls. That's what they were designed to do. I mean, the puts is exactly what it was designed to do because, you know, you're buying the stock and it's giving you the right to sell the stock. So you, know, you can always just buy the stock against your puts and then exercise them and sell the stock. So, I mean, you can always do early exercise too. I don't know why anybody does that because they never know what might happen, but you can do it. I mean, they do it for dividends is usually, you know, the only time you see early exercise, but European options have to ex exercise only at expiration where you can exercise these options anytime. So don't forget, you can always just buy, sell the stock short against your calls. And several people in the chat pointing out that Stiffix has a pretty high short interest. And I saw a few numbers I'm seeing Spinner says 37%. So someone else that also yeah. has right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So keep that. Uh, Howard signed with Siri. Did they get it or not Siri? Serious satellite X. He did, eh? Yeah, yeah. They're not going to Spotify. Nope. Spotify is down six bucks on it. Maybe Spotify's just down because I didn't think he's going to go to Spotify. I still thought there was an outside chance. I thought there was an outside. Did that just get announced? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I yeah. Know, so. Howard called me. He wanted to let me know that. Uh, yeah, this is breaking news. He wanted to know that uh, Spotify may be calling us. Howard Stern at 736. So this just came out this morning. Sirius not getting much of a pop from it. I thought they'd get more. Up 1% only. So Give thick. Howard some love. So thick. So thick. Yep. Spotify is trading down. It's down more than the overall market. So there was obviously people like me that thought there was an outside chance that maybe he might sign with Spotify. We knew he had talked there, but. Not to be, not to be. So, uh, can we talk Pfizer for a second? Sure. All right, because someone asked about the technicals on this. It's held yeah. up, man. It keeps going back up. There's still the news, and every time somebody talks about it in the media, it pops a little bit more. Relentless bid the last like five, six days. So I'm long in the long term portfolio. I have no trading position, but. It's done some work here. And you know what? With the news flow coming and saying, oh, the Pfizer vaccines are coming out. They'll be talking about this so much that I could just see this start getting some love from retail, too, and just continuing to drive it. So you know what? I think Pfizer actually, you know, I've been a fader of a lot of these vaccine plays, but this one's just getting so much media love. It's bloody on CNBC 100 times a day. I mean, it's on, it's on right now. 
and you know, Meg Terrell's talking about it right now. It's it's on continuously. They're continuously talking well, about also, Pfizer. Also, today, today is important. Today, is, there's like the ADCOM meeting at the FDA, so they're going to yeah. talk about this vaccine as well as I think they're going to talk about not just Pfizer. And, but- uh technicals here i mean here you're at you're at an important area you're actually you're trading up 21 cents here this has been the high of the move right here you hit that uh four days ago you got up to 4141 probably a mound of stock at 41 and a half you know 42 i think i maybe got to 42 one of those days got really silly but can i can i be a debbie downer on this stock for a second please What are the chances are that, and I'm not necessarily from the vaccine, but what are the chances are that one person that has the vaccine dies from something? I mean, not very high. It's very high. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to happen right now. (laughs) And so, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm no position. I own the stock a long time. Saying there's yeah. a lot of all this, you know. But, yeah. Oh, that's where he died. It's hammered. I mean, you saw it with AstraZeneca, right? Yes. Did that person die or did they just get sick? I can't I don't remember. Know. I don't remember if they died. I remember they hammered AstraZeneca on that. They, well, they paused the trial for like a month. Yeah, they hammered it down. That's when it got down to 50 was, you know, when they had somebody an issue with the trial. I mean, this can happen. That's a, the bear thesis here, I guess. This right now, I just see every other minute it's on CNBC being talked about. So, you know, we know how much this market's being driven by retail, the Citadel paper, and, you know, we can just see it. I mean, it's being driven by retail. So if we keep talking about it, people are going to buy it. That's just kind of how it works when you talk about that much. One thing to get a mention on CNBC, it's another thing for it to be like a, you know, a 24-hour-a-day infomercial for Pfizer. So sure. it literally is on. It's on CNBC all the time. I'm looking at my screen. It's on right now. Right. Well, so the reason it's on right now, though, is because, again, the, the Adicon meeting stays. So there's a bunch of docs that were released ahead of the Adicon meeting. And there's a bunch of cool charts. This is all in Benzinga Pro, by the way. It's on the FDA website. Uh, just like the, the briefing doc for today's meeting. And there's some really cool charts. There is one really cool chart that they've gotten here where it's like they, they charted. So, you know, it, it's a two-dose vaccine, right? You have to get two shots. And they they gave everyone the first shot and they gave only some people the second shot and the people that did not get the second shot there, the chart of, you know, COVID cases goes like straight up into the right. The people that didn't get the second shot, it's basically flat. Like, like, you know, like almost nobody got it. So pretty wild stuff. So it's going to be on all day. Cause the ad, they're meeting with the FDA today or the FDA is meeting about the vaccine today. So it'll be on all day today. I mean, historically, I mean, this is just a huge move for it. Right. Huge. I mean, it, I mean, off the March low was one thing to move off the last couple months here and just it you got some monthly candles to deal with. So, you know, those are good. You're looking at long term price action. And uh, if you could clear at, that's closer to 42. So I just don't think it's just going to go through 42, go to 42 and a half, you know, so. Use 42. If you're looking for another target, clear out the size. This is something you can look at the book, see what you got at 41 and a half. That's probably the reason we stopped on these couple of days, Dennis, right? 41, 41, we stopped sure at. And 40, I'm sure there is. So 42 yeah. probably got a boatload there. I mean, that's yeah. where it kissed up to 41.99. I don't have my book open right now, but I would pretty much bet there's just a huge seller there. But and then after know, eventually that, it's going to take it out probably. Yep. And then uh, uh, the other monthly highs are at 44. So um, going back to uh, 2019 for uh, Pfizer. Pfizer, can you name the company that they bought that was located in Ann Arbor, Michigan? Of course, it brings it back to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, well, I, can't, I can't say that, but I, I, Better, will, I can say this. This was from, from Dow Jones a few minutes ago. They said that Pfizer, Pfizer said they could ship their vaccines as soon as they get clearance and the clearance could come as soon as this weekend. That's what Dow Jones just reported. So, yeah, again, so I think you're going to have the weekend pop and Pfizer again here, potentially. I mean, all oh, the vaccines coming out. Let's buy. I, I, the news flow here is highly likely to be still more positive yep. than somebody coming out and dying tomorrow and, you know, then stopping the trial. So I think, you know, if I'm biased just where I think it's going from here. I probably think it's going higher. I am long the stock. I've been long the stock for a decade. I trade it, though. And I mean, I have no position on right now, so I can freely talk about no trading position. Um, but I think, you know, I think playing it from the long side here overnight has worked for like the last week. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. Cause this, this news flow continues to be positive. All right, Joel, what's the answer to your question? Who'd Pfizer buy? Warner Lambert. Okay. 
I, what was that symbol, Dennis? That might be before that wasn't your WB? time. No, WLA. No, that was before me, I think. How are you going back okay. to the 80s, Joel? All right. I was still a young buck, still trading or still uh, hanging around in high school and back in the... Actually, I wasn't even in high school. Eating chicken school. wings. Yeah, well, chicken wings was in the 90s, but next. <laughs> right, we're going to have Michelle Krebs join us in a couple of minutes to talk uh, auto stocks, the auto industry. Uh, you mentioned off the top, uh, Dennis, and so did I, but we had an, another offering last night, Grogen. Yeah. The GRWG yeah. announced the stock offering. Uh, no price on that one yet? No price. It's $125 million worth of stock. Well, that's. Yeah. Well, just sounds significant. You got to go look at the market cap. You got to look at the amount of shares outstanding, and then you get the dilution effects. I mean, sometimes it's all just math, and not that anybody does the math, but doing the math can sometimes give I you mean, an edge. I mean, it's not insignificant because it's like an eight hundred million dollar company. So you, there you go. There's forty eight million shares outstanding. How many are they issuing? Uh, they said they gave a dollar amount. Um, one hundred twenty five million worth of stock. And I mean, if you just did it like that way, you can do the 1.72 billion. So 125 million. You're talking six, seven percent dilution. So that's significant enough. And lo and behold, stocks down five and a half percent. So I mean, math's kind of working in this case. You got to see where that price comes out, though. They dig the deal down at 30, then you know it's going lower. If they get the deal down at 32, then it's probably going to you know bottom here. So it's hard to be a buyer here just before you know that price. So let's find out the price and then use that as a floor for a trading because the stock is growing. This stock is loved. I think this one sets up well, like a fuel cell where you could potentially see a bounce off of that number. So let's find out that number. Maybe we'll find it later tonight. This has to be one of the best performing pot stocks, huh? It's like the U.S. like pot stock, though. Like, is it not, Spencer? Like, you think about all the Canadian ones that, you know, had their run and, and obviously, you know, they, they they busted out after, you know, some are starting to go again. Uh, this one, it wasn't, you know, this is like the American one, the American darling. Here, it's, so. it's it's a little bit different, right? Because Grow Generation, like, it's not one of the ones that I own. First off, they're like a farming supply. Like, they're, uh, like, the, as far as I understand, they don't, they don't touch the plant, right? They're not a multi-state operator like like the other hot pot stocks out there. Uh, that's why they can trade on the Nasdaq, right? Oh, uh, there you go. They don't touch the plant, so they're hydroponic commercial grow supplies, right? So, so they're supplying the stuff to exactly. allow the farmers to exactly. the thing behind the thing. The crop. The exactly. thing behind the thing. You know, a few months ago they they got, they got a lot of love on on Kramer back in I don't remember August September. It's July. been nonstop love. Mm-hmm. He's talked about yeah. it even recently. I mean, he is. Kramer has, and like we say, the influence he has right now is unbelievable. And, you know, he's been on the plug power. He gets on, you know, the, the train. And if he keeps pumping something, it continues to go. He did grow generation, I remember, two days in a row. That's yeah. when it topped out at 22. And then it had the fall after. But he didn't lay off. He's continued. You know, every time somebody talks about grow generation, he continues to pump the tires. So, and then everybody buys. So he says, buy, people buy. So Listen you got to respect Tim Seymour. Wasn't Tim Seymour on this one too? early he's uh, on them all tim seymour is like their pot guy on fast money he's on been on all of them so for a long time and he's got some etf there's a seymour ET, pot etf i believe out there yeah he's got he, he's got he's got an etf what's the symbol on when we got tim back on we like tim i Tim's know notes notes to joel uh, okay uh, tim's tim's uh etf symbol is a uh, cnbs, CNBS. Oh, that's a, i can't believe that was available okay one of the nicest people, man. You get some people and they can get a big head and they're on CNBC. I'll tell you, Tim Seymour, great guy. Great guy. Yep. He likes to talk sports with us, too. Oh, um, he likes the hockey. I like that, too. <laughs> that's why Dennis likes him. <laughs> uh, S&P's uh, crawling back here. We had the 8 o'clock push, and uh, that's when we made the pre-market low. Uh, just hanging out mid-range on the session. We're above the low from yesterday. So buy the dip. Works again. All right, it is 8.35. Let's bring on our guest. We have Michelle Krebs with us. She is uh, our auto expert that we go to with all of our questions. She's a senior analyst at Cox Automotive and auto trader. Michelle, good morning. Good morning. Let me see if I'm... I just had a little uh, internet interruption here, so well, sorry about that. We don't see you, but we can hear you. Okay. work on that one. We can talk. So We can talk. Exactly right. Uh, Michelle, just give us a high-level overview. Uh, we just 
we just got there we go we just got november sales correct for a bunch yes. of you know mm-hmm. what i mean so well and remember we don't get them everybody's now we get uh, yeah. some so recap that for us uh well we uh, we saw sales momentum slow so uh sales uh were down about 12 percent from a year ago um but uh and and at a lower um annual sales rate uh, lower than uh, October. So it was the first time we saw below the sales rate below 16 million. So we are seeing slowing momentum. Now, having said that, we are seeing a bit of a pickup here in early December, but you know, the month is young and usually December is a fabulous month, especially near the end as everybody crams in their car purchases near the end. Any other like... (laughs) takeaways as far as winners or losers are concerned or are uh... oh absolutely so uh um you know if you look at the whole year the interesting one is tesla did the, has done the best um not oh, just in stocks best. but in sales uh it's been least affected mazda is another one that's kind of surprising now it had a bad comparison but it's done a lot better and it's got some products that are pretty hot um Hyundai and Kia have done really well through this. They tend to do better. Those brands tend to do better um, as people look for value to in, in their vehicle purchases. And then they've got a couple of hot sport utilities that they can't keep on a lot. The Kia Telluride and the Hyundai Palisade. Uh, at the other end, you know, brands like Fiat, I, I don't even know why it exists anymore. <laughs> um, and of course, trucks are hot. Trucks continue to be hot. They uh, not quite as much this last month, but um, they have had, they're at like 50%, 15% market share. It's, it's quite phenomenal. Not to go against the Motor City trend there, but uh, we got a few Mazdas in the house and they're just they're reliable. reliable. <laughs> you know, they're just reliable. Mm-hmm. I mean, my girls oh, have had them. And Consumer Reports just named them the most reliable brand in their latest uh, report. And that's uh, annual, you know, their annual survey. That's the first time they've done that. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my girl, you know, if my girls are driving some, you know, I want it to be safe. And Lisa's had, I think, the, with the CX-9, I think she's on like her third, fourth or fifth one, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, let's just talk about inventories here. Uh, rising inventories, you know, that that's probably going to call for some incentives. Do you see any, any concern over the uh, rising inventory levels? They're not rising to ridiculous levels. That's for okay. sure. They've been very depleted. So what the big story this year was, you know, the the uh, pandemic hit, plants shut down, sales continued to, you know, they bottomed out in the end of March, early October, but then they, you know, kind of took off and the industry could not keep up in terms of inventory. It was, I've never seen inventories of some numbers so low on certain models you know, down into the teens when, you know, 50, 60 day supply is typical. Um, so then they, you know, it still was pretty short through the summer, which caused prices to rise and profits to rise. Uh, and, but now as sales slow, those inventory, the plants are running, they're, you know, getting their footing in terms of these new protocols. Uh, and now um, we're seeing inventories build some and incentives coming back in but not to, you know, outrageous levels. We, we do think, you know, the inventory will continue to um, rise through early next year. We had thought there might be shortages, it, but again, it totally depends on demand. If we get a stimulus package, we might offset some of the weakening in the market. Uh, Michelle, based on, on recent sales trends, are there any, uh, is there anything that you think investors are potentially like mispricing as far as the, the, the Ford or GM or any of the traditional automakers and, and what's reflective in, in their sales trends versus what's happening in the stock? Yeah, well, you know, I don't talk about the stock market, but you know, I, I, it's always <laughs> an a puzzlement to me to that, you know, tets, companies like Tesla are viewed as a uh, tech company and GM Ford are not, they're considered auto companies when there's, they're, all of them are both. Yep. So I think that's what's really misleading. Are, how often do you get asked about, all, I don't even know how many there are now, the several dozen new electric vehicle companies. And I say new. Oh, that's a good question. I say oh, new startups, because yeah. new to us. How often do you get asked about that, th- th- these guys? All the time, every all day. Okay. <laughs> you know, if it, it, 
number one question is about Tesla, the number one question, uh, EVs in general. And, a, and that's going to be a really hot topic next year because there are a lot of EVs coming next year. And we'll see if consumers uh, uh, really want to buy them. The other thing that I'm interested in is all the e, a lot of these EV startups are going to do EV pickup trucks. Is there a market for those? We're working on some surveys on that and we'll, we'll be able to share more uh, early in the year. But um, how big is the market? Will the, the, the automakers are building them. Will the consumers buy them? I'm going to kind of combine the two things here. Um, you know, consumer sentiment, how important is that? And, you oh, know, and up and down. And then the jobs recovery is slowed a little bit. Just talk about those two factors and how they affect the trends in the auto industry. All right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, the, the keys to selling cars are credit availability, which we have a lot of and uh, it, cheap for most people, except for uh, subprime uh, borrowers. Uh, but consumer sentiment, you've got to feel confident to sign up for a car loan. And we've seen it, it was increasing coming out of the, the worst of the pandemic in the spring, but it has been wavering of late. And of course, you got to have a job if you want to pay off your car loan. And um, the, the jobless uh, recovery has slowed and that is concerning. And especially because some of the jobless people uh, are going to run out of benefits because we haven't passed another stimulus package. So we and a lot of lenders have given forbearance on um, car loans. So when that lifts, and if we don't get a stimulus, we could see uh, a lot more delinquencies and ultimately repossessions. Uh, Michelle, as far as uh, what's coming down the pipe next year, if Ford delayed the Bronco, I guess to the summer, from the spring to the mm -hmm. summer, right? Uh, what are you most looking forward to? next year? Well, definitely the Ford Mustang Mach-E, the EV SUV that is coming out. You know, in terms of in terms of what's the most important vehicle coming out, it's the new F-150, Ford F-150, because that is the bread and butter of Ford Motor Company. Um, and it, and we, we will start to see some of the EVs roll out from General Motors, uh, the uh, Cadillac Lyric, uh, which uh, comes out, in the, I think, in the spring. Um, so a lot, a lot of, and then, you know, Volkswagen starting to roll out it's, uh, Volkswagen like GM is all in on electric, no backup for hybrid plug-in hybrids. They're all in. And so, uh, we'll start to see those roll out. They've rolled out in Europe. They'll start rolling out here in the U S. Um, I'm curious what, what your thoughts are on these like newer models, uh, of, of, of buying of buying cars, right? Like Carvana and, and Vroom and these other companies where they're not dealerships, but the, these sort of, I don't know, tech enabled car selling platforms. Do you have any thoughts on those? I see these Carvana towers like- They are very successful. And I will tell you, especially with young people. I mean, young people are flocking to Carvana. But I will say, you know, one of the things, one of the things we survey consumers every year and they always say, we wanna do more of the buying process online. And the industry has not really done, hadn't done much. Well, the pandemic hit and the only way you could sell vehicles was to do a lot of the process online and do pickup and delivery. That is not going away. Those consumers uh, that we have uh, surveyed are very satisfied with that kind of uh, way of doing business and they want more of it. So they will be demanding in that in the future. And, and dealers know that they're, they're doing, they're, they're telling us they're going to, they know they have to do a lot more of that in the future. So. Um, whether that can compete with Carvana, uh, we'll, we'll see. We're on the line with Michelle Krebs, Senior Director of Automotive, Automotive Relations at Cox Automotive and the Executive Analyst for Auto Trader. Uh, Michelle, I just wanted to talk about the recent move, and this kind of flows with what we were talking about with the GM and uh, the dealerships. Uh, wanting to push the Cadillac dealerships, wanting them to, uh, you know, push for more of the uh, electric uh, Cadillac. And Spencer and I were talking Cadillac. People like that big old gas guzzling car. Uh, do you think that this is a this is going to be a consistent trend, or do you think that this is just a one off with GM? Oh no, this is GM's all in. I mean, it, it's invested its future, and it, it just upped that that bet recently. They have. Uh, increase their investment in EVs and eight, uh, autonomous vehicles. But Cadillac is destined to be an all electric division before any of it other, uh, the other GM divisions. So they're all in. Um, on the dealer side, what they have done is said, uh, if you wanna sell Cadillacs and EVs, um, you have to invest a couple hundred thousand dollars in your dealership to get ready to do that. 
because it is going to take something different to to sell an EV, especially on the personnel side. Um, and about 100, according to the Wall Street Journal, about 150 Cadillac dealers said, mm, "No, we'll we'll give up our franchise and uh, you know not make that investment." So, uh, you know, the Detroit Three have more dealers than the imports do. So, oh, then we. I think we lost Michelle. I, I only had one more question for her anyway. That was the, uh, that's the internet there. Uh, she's she's the other things. They oh, there she's back. Oh, back, back. Oh, we got oh. you back. We, we, we just lost you there for one second. Yeah, because uh, the internet's kind of internet's unstable. So. Yeah. What internet uh, service do you have? <laughs> Joel wants to show you the internet. So. <laughs> nah, you don't have to say that. He just doesn't like these big, you know, video things. Right. Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, Michelle, just uh, last one question from our chat. Do you track, uh, well, of course you track used car uh, sales. Oh, the used car business. Yeah, that's that's the heart of our business at Cox yeah. Automotive because right. we have Mannheim Auto Auctions and right. Auto Trader, of course, has lots of listings for used cars. That's been a really interesting business. It came out of the pandemic far faster. The recovery's been far faster through the year. A lot of it's because, you know, the affordability of vehicles is difficult and people are opting for used cars. Uh, the average selling price is getting very close to $40,000 for new vehicles. Um, and so, you know, a lot of people are frozen out of that market, especially because some of the automakers have gotten rid of uh, less expensive cars instead of SUVs. So where do they go? They go to the used car market. That again, that's why Carvana has and Vroom had done well. And you're seeing, um, the automakers Honda just announced yesterday they're going to list all of their used cars across the country on their websites. Ford is doing something similar. So there's a much more focus on used vehicles and it's really good business for dealers. Uh, we haven't really talked about, you know, self-driving cars at all during this conversation. You know, there is news overnight that Uber is exiting out of, uh, out of that business. Uh, questions for chat about emotional. I don't know if you, you know them. There are so many of these companies that are just, working to enable this technology are there any you think are furthest down the road or i mean oh, no waymo is by far, far okay yeah and then you know gm's made a great progress with cruise uh ford has with argo and then there's you know some other little companies i think you know it feels to me like autonomous vehicles at least in the media maybe there's i know there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes but it's kind of been put on the back burner through the pandemic and, and the focus has been really on electric vehicles because they are coming so quickly. So, yes. um, but, you know, autonomous vehicles will be out there. And I think we'll first see them in commercial fleets. I think that's the other thing we've seen is a much more sensible, practical um, business model around uh, AVs evolving. Yeah. All right. Michelle Krebs, as we said, she's the Senior Director for Autom of Automotive Relations at Cox Automotive and Executive Analyst at Auto Trader. We always appreciate your insight, Michelle. You, you come super well prepared i'll tell you she, thank you so much michelle really appreciate to do it when you Glad come you on technology to work <laughs> great information really thank you we really appreciate it you have a safe and healthy holiday and uh we'll be dialing you up in january for sure sounds great you too thanks a lot michelle all right uh 848 here did i just see any pfizer news or did, did i uh, uk uh the first uh person oh, that's i guess got their dose there yeah. in the uk it was a 90 year old lady they tried on the 90 year old lady first see how she does. i mean it kind of makes, <laughs> it makes sense because if it backfires oh you know you know well she's 90 90 <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna sneak in the facility where uh where my mom stays and uh you know get in there and say yeah yeah you know you don't need that mom i'm gonna take it <laughs> oh, you're gonna go take you on. Joel wants to be the first one here outside. I signed up for trials. I know. I, 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 can't I got you. Joel would have did the trial. I would have done the trial. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I'm in good shape. A lot, lot worse. this on. Would you not take a flu vaccine? I mean, come on. Well, the flu vaccines take years to develop, not months. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a little bit of the reason. Good point. I, I'm a good. little spooked on it. Well, but you don't have to worry about that for five or 10 years. So what about the kids? I mean, I heard they were going to try it on the kids. Like, how do we know, you know, 40,000 people in the trials and stuff, assuming no young children? How do we know how to like, you know, how it's going to react with children? Is there going to be? Like, we know. It's one of those things we're going to have to roll with it. <laughs> but just inject your kids and hope for the best. Okay, we'll do the math. Uh, 30 pounds, kid takes eight, you know. 8% of the dose. Let's see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds scary injecting your kids with uh, to be the first one. But okay. Okay. Anyways, yeah. we don't want to talk that. 
enough of Pfizer for the day. Uh, what else was on our list here? There's a- I have a huge list of Let's go. one Let's SPACs, go. but two is stocks that are going to report this week, too. We're going to get Chewy tonight that's yeah. going to report. Predictably, it's trading up because this is what these stocks do. They trade up ahead of the reports. Um, you've also um, got GameStop tonight. GameStop tonight, which everybody will be watching that one. I mean, the stock has had such a run, such a comeback from when it's been in the gutter. We've hated the stock forever, so obviously, you know, I didn't catch. Lisa any of bought this at a all. sliver of this against. She's, my- she's oh yeah, I forgot she bought GameStop when yeah, you didn't even know yeah. about it. Because my like, yeah. Joel hates it, but I'm buying it because Joel's going to be wrong on this one. Hayden, my nephew Hayden. I crunched the numbers on it and he liked it for some reason. I'm not I sure. I mean, the numbers weren't ever terrible. It was the fact that the business was declining and the business is still, I think, in secular decline here, but they've got a little hope here. It's the reopening play. All the dogs are barking and this dog is run. Really you know, this running. is what's going to happen with this one. It, well, it, tell I, me what's going to happen. They're going to report earnings tonight. What's going to happen? Predict it for me. Predicting. This is not investment advice. It's gonna go. It's gonna get crushed in the pre-market down to like thirteen seventy-eight. Yeah, after. Excuse me, I stand corrected. Thirteen seventy-eight and a half point six five, and then it's gonna hang out. It's gonna get back to fourteen, and then it's gonna hang at fourteen for like three weeks, and then everyone's gonna. (laughs) You predict three weeks out. I like this. Yeah, and then it's gonna hang out, and then it's gonna turn higher, and then someone's gonna come out and say, "Oh, I bought more of this," you know, some director somewhere, and then it's gonna explode to the upside again. That's what I think. That could happen. How'd you like my toll call yesterday? That we could say that we should just have a just all the home builders pop and drop. That's right? what they do. We literally spelled it out for you. We got this one spot on. And I mean, it's just looking at history. What do they do? They come up with a big beat. The algos all buy the initial number. They rip it higher and then they start to leak it. And that's exactly what they did. It popped. I actually sold the pop short and played you. it. I made a buck. I was way too early. So I uh, maybe a little less than a dollar, actually. I, I, I Right in there, though. I think I was, I did, I missed a 50. It was no, you had to be out there. And I was like, I'm waiting for it to start to turn and slow. And then I had to get it down in the lower 49s. And then it ended up going down the lower 48s. And I covered that big purple candle. I covered, you know, somewhere in there. So, <laughs> so I did play it. I was like, I'm going to play this. And I played a small size just for fun. We're trading these earnings stocks. Don't trade them with big size because they can really move around. But I was like, yeah, I talked about it. Let's try to see if it'll work here because I thought that the pop would get faded and it immediately was. And now it's down here again. So people will try to find a fundamental reason for it. But the reason is that this, co- this company is it's like the environment is just as good as it gets. I mean, and people aren't expecting it to continue. So that the CEO is on there just saying this is the best market he's seen in 30 years. People are, you know, it's for all of the reasons, low interest rates, people moving out of apartments into houses, people building houses, people caring more about where they live because they've been oh, stuck yeah. in their homes. There's not, so, there's not enough supply. That's there more. isn't. There I, I, had, of houses. I had somebody knock on my door two days ago. Um, I'm living at my cottage. I sold my main house and then I had another house fall through on me. So I'm literally <laughs> living at my cottage. And I had somebody knock on my door and say, are you look interested in selling anytime soon? And I was like, no, we're actually going to build on this property. But anyways, I mean, that's how desperate it is. People are actually going around door to door and asking you if you're interested in selling your home. There's no supply out there. People are desperate. And every single house that you go, you know, you, you go and you buy a house. And I mean, there's multiples. Like when I sold my house in Windsor, we had nine, we was listed for seven days and we didn't take any pre, pre, preemptive offers. So we got them all on the, uh, the presentation day, they call it. And nine people trying to buy the house. Nine. I mean, and, you know, and it was way over ask. So, so, and, you know, it probably if you leave it out there longer, it'd be more people trying to buy. There was somebody even trying to call in at the last second. So it's desperate times for people, you know, to try to get a home right now. It is a seller's market. If you ever want to sell your home, you ain't going to have a better market right now than to sell it. <laughs> Can we talk about Smile Direct Club quickly? Uh, Joel, what, can you tell us what happened on April 28th to SDC? Because that was the day, that morning at least, they were awarded a, uh, a patent uh, for basically the way they run their business and the way they, for, for their retail concept, essentially, is what, what they were awarded a patent for on April 28th. Well, that was in April. Uh, yesterday or overnight here, the, that patent was uh, invalidated. Yeah. And- they they've lost their patent for essentially the it's the way they it, it's the retail model essentially is what was patented and um, judges said no 
not going to patent that for you. So uh, that patent was invalidated. That, that happened last night. And I remember the stock going up on this news. I don't remember if it if it's 539 to 671 that kickstarted it. OK, it had a close. Yeah, it was right near the. I mean, you got to think about that, too. That was also like market bottom time. Yeah. too, Right. Yeah. So um, that's what it did. And then that was the uh, that kickstarted it. It was uh, it was it was 539 on April 27th. And by May 11th, it was over nine bucks. Got a little rocky after that, but um, but let's see how it's uh, trading today. Well, here's a question for you: Is this not too. bad news? That's what it's bad news. They got an upgrade. Oh, they got an upgrade. <laughs> yep. I I, I don't. So they get hit last night on this news, and then somebody comes out and upgrades, and now it's now. So this is trading yes. under ten bucks last night. This traded under ten dollars last 980. night. Yep. And obviously the upgrade trumps the bad seen, news. I, I haven't seen the note. I see the upgrade. I I read I saw the headline that they're losing their ruling on the patent. I, I assumed it was bad news because it you know, patent come with with the patent comes as exclusivity, and now they've just lost that. It's essentially they're opening up their other major competitor to do the same thing that they do. And I do remember the stock going up on this news back in April. I don't know why it, it, it's reacting the way it is. I assumed it was bad news, but I guess I for now I am wrong. I don't know. I don't know why they're upgrading. Why Wolf Research is upgrading them down perform today? I don't yeah. know if it's all or if they just decided that this was expected. Maybe they hammered it on the headline. Like I saw it like get hit, and I was like, "Oh, what's happening with SDC?" And then I saw the headline, and I never really looked back at it. But now I look at it this morning. I mean, it's gotten all those last back, at, and it's trading up five percent. So rallying in the face of bad news is always a good sign. One thing I will say. Could this story, like this is a storied stock, could retail grab a hold of this stock eventually? Maybe. I have no position in it. Um, but it's the kind of stock that could get a story cooking on it, meaning, you know, people could say, oh, yeah, this smile direct. It's the kind of stock that Robinhood could eventually like. So I wouldn't want to be short it. Um, it I could see it running, you know, on a pullback here. I, I, like the I like the fact that it's rallying on what is apparent bad news. That's good. That's a good sign. All right. Uh, what else we got to do? We got three minutes here. Do we want to do some chat? Did we get everything off our, uh, our yeah. doc? I mean, we pre pre market show covered pretty much everything on our doc. We haven't really done UPS had some good news. I saw that. Uh, I saw that flash by on Twitter. They're like, how could they not? I mean, everyone's delivering stuff. Pop one. Where did it get to? One sixty nine. This one sometimes has a hard time over the, on that pop. You got to one sixty nine oh seven. Not much that earnings day. Uh, I don't know. This is, this is a tough one. I don't see much on the dailies here. Uh, you got a high at uh, one seventy four one at one sixty nine ninety six. So if you can take out that pre-market high, but it's already faded a little bit off that one sixty nine high. Yeah, I mean, they had a press release out this morning that said this is one of the best uh, holiday seasons or peak seasons ever. Uh, so yeah, no surprise there. Um, getting a lot of questions about Palantir. I mean, it it, it had the uh, catalyst yesterday. Wow. Dennis, did you sell that thing yet? I'm selling it. Contract. I bought that dip. I got this one perfect, 22 and a half. Oh, I mean, 21.15, I guess would have been perfect. So I got it up a buck from there. It was. I bought it because I was like, I think the story is still going to eventually get hot again. I didn't think it was going to get hot four days later. So it's a little overdone. If you're buying it now, you're chasing it a bit. I think it's going to make new highs, though, so I'm going to hold on to it. Yeah, I'll just give you uh, the old time closing high on that one. And I believe it was 29-something, 29.04, 29.05. So way above that. Now, nothing on the dailies to look at. Uh, the old time high, 33.50. It's going to take a little bit of juice to get there today. They did have uh, some good news yesterday. All right, 859. I want to remind you all that the Benzinga Small Cap Conference starts today. It's a two-day conference. I'm putting the link to uh, network uh, with the executives in the chats. Uh, it's a free conference. It'll be on our YouTube channel. Uh, presentations throughout the day, today and tomorrow. A dozen public companies presenting today, a dozen presenting tomorrow. They include names that you've heard of, uh, names like uh, Ideanomics, IDEX, which is the top of my filters every day, Sorrento, uh, Art, uh, let's see, who else? Uh, AYRO is presenting. Um, Electromechanica as solo, so some big names there. Are you gonna hit them with the bad news now, Spencer? The bad news. The bad news is that there will be no 
afternoon show for Joel and I the next two days. So for today and tomorrow, uh, Joel and I will, will not be on at from three forty to four. We have been preempted by the Benzinga Small Cap Conference, and that's okay because I want to watch that anyway. So uh, that's the bad news. Anyway, nine o'clock. Let's get off here. Uh, thanks to our guest, Michelle Krebs. Thanks to all of you in our chat. We appreciate all the comments, all the super chats, all the participation. Um, please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. And the opinions of our hosts and guests do not represent the opinions of Benzinga. Everyone have a good rest of your day. We will talk to you tomorrow morning. Good luck in your trading. Spring is in full bloom. Are your finances? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, you can build credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments, all with no annual fees or interest. With Chime's Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.